Hello and welcome to The Pulse. In part two of tonight's show, long vacations often bring more tourists to Hong Kong. Hotels may be full to bursting. However, there are alternatives in licensed and unlicensed guest houses. But are they a danger to those in them and around them? First, though, Hong Kong was shocked this week by seeing the injuries inflicted on an Indonesian domestic helper, allegedly by her employer. The news went around the world and was hardly great for Hong Kong's reputation. And it highlighted the fact that many domestic helpers are in a very vulnerable situation. Last Sunday, thousands of domestic helpers and their supporters took to the streets to ask for justice for an Indonesian maid, Erwiana, who said to have been abused by her employer. 23-year-old Erwiana arrived in Hong Kong in May last year. She worked for just eight months as a domestic helper before, on the 10th of January, returning to Indonesia. Her friends and relatives were horrified to see the extent of the injuries on her face, hands and legs. She had even suffered brain injuries. As soon as she arrived in Java, she went to hospital. Oiana's serious injuries haven't just drawn the attention of Hong Kong people, but also of the international media. More domestic helpers have also come forward, saying they had been abused while working with the same employer. On Monday, four police officers and two Labour Department officers went to Indonesia to investigate Uriana's complaints. The Hong Kong police uh, is now taking statement from the uh, victim, Uriana, and she is uh, doing very well. Uh, her uh, physical condition is, uh, uh, is good for the interview. And today we will also uh, interview the doctor responsible for the medical treatment and get the uh, medical report from, from him. And all the information will be passed back to Hong Kong for our further action. The government would like to, uh, you know, to pursue this uh, case to be uh, prosecuted as soon as possible. And the employer will be uh, punished uh, in accordance to their, their uh, policy. This week, a 44-year-old woman, alleged to have beaten Erwiana, was arrested at the airport while attempting to fly to Thailand. Police took her back to her apartment in Jiangwan O. She's been charged with wounding, common assault and criminal intimidation. On Wednesday, she was released on bail of $1 million. The incident has revealed serious shortcomings in the protection of domestic helpers and in the monitoring of made employment agencies. Under the Employment Ordinance and the Employment Agency Regulations, such establishments can't receive a commission higher than 10% of the helper's first month's wages. That is $401. Many do charge far more.
there is a very common practice, particularly with the Indonesian helpers, that in fact they are charged $21,000, $3,000 a month for the first seven months that they are here. They're not charged by the agency. What happens is they're brought into Hong Kong, they're taken to the agent's premises, and nearby is a moneylender's office. They are then taken to the moneylender's office, where they're asked to sign documents, ostensibly in connection with their employment, and they go for their employment. Then they find out that they have signed up for a loan of $21,000. They've never seen a penny of the money, but they've got to repay that loan. On Thursday, dozens of domestic helpers protested to the Labour Department, asking the government to remove the stipulation that domestic helpers have to live with their employers. They're also worried about immigration policy, under which domestic helpers can't stay more than two weeks once their contracts have been terminated. They will also need to leave Hong Kong and submit another visa application from abroad if they want to work with another employer. It takes courage from the girls to say, I'm going to leave the employer, I'm going to go away, I'll lose a job, I'll lose any means of support, I've got to apply for permission to remain here after the first 14 days, I've got to pay visa fees, I've got to pay for accommodation, I've got to pay food. There's a big weight against anyone making these complaints. Um, so if there's going to be a change in the system, I mean, they can go back to um, pre-Maundy um, Thursday of 1987, before they introduced a two-weeks rule, when the girl was allowed to remain here for the remainder of the period on her visa. Not that the employer, albeit a very bad employer, can cut that period short to only 14 days. Well, with us in the studio is Eamon Villanueva. Can I ask you, you've had a long experience here working with um, domestic helpers. That's right. How exceptional is the case that we've been hearing about? Maybe not so extreme, but cases of assault and other kinds of abuse towards domestic helpers. Well, maybe to just cite one uh, survey that was conducted last year by a migrant-serving NGO. Out of 3,000 respondents uh, from the survey, about 18% uh, claimed that they were physically ab abused or physically assaulted by their employers. So that's about one in every five domestic workers. That's a lot. That's a know. hell of a lot, yes. Mm. And, I mean, again, um, what happens, generally speaking, when they report these cases, either to the police, to their consulates? I mean, how much help do they actually get? Well, um, we have actually a problem with uh, reporting to the police because uh, in many cases, uh, reports or complaints uh, are, are only treated like, uh, you know, domestic problems. They will be advised to just, you know, talk it over with their employers. Uh, there's also uh, language barriers. You know, when the police arrive, they will talk with the employers in Cantonese and, you know, uh, especially among Filipinos and those who cannot speak Cantonese. And, you know, they, they will get intimidated and they don't know what's happening. And in the end, they will get afraid that, that they might be reversed. And in the end, they will be the one the ones who will be prosecuted. So, uh, uh, in some, uh, in many cases, people are, uh, you know, afraid to really uh, call the attention of the authorities. And uh, I think that's the reason why there are cases like the one of Irwiana that, 
it has to to reach that kind of of uh, level of uh, you know violence uh, for people to notice or for the society to know. Well, I mean, it is in interesting that there were other people um, employed by the same person who only have come forward after. That's true. That's true. I think the uh, the case of Irviana has also given uh, encouragement uh, to uh, many other. Uh, people who suffered the same fate. Uh, in fact, uh, among the Indonesian migrants, I think that's one reason why in one uh, protest action, the number of participants swelled to around 5,000 because they can, they can see themselves uh, in Iriana. They can see that Iriana is like, uh, you know, it's like the, the uh, example of the actual condition of many migrant domestic workers and so it's also a way for them to even if they cannot complain to the authorities on that day they want to to shout for justice and I think that's the reason why a lot of them came. I, I know that one of the things that you're talking about to prevent this happening is to allow um, overseas domestic helpers to live outside their that's employers correct, homes yes. but would that really stop abuse? Well I don't, I don't think so. I think they're, 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 it's just one way of uh, you know, creating a uh, condition where the migrant worker, a migrant worker will not be confined in the households where there will be no one to see if there are, there, there's violence being committed against her. Uh, so it, it, it will somehow relieve the uh, migrant domestic workers from a very vulnerable and abusive situation. But that, I think, will not remove uh, the uh, you know, uh, violence being committed to the migrants. There's still a, lo a, a lot of things that the government of Hong Kong can do. For one, the two-week rule, which has, has been there for you know, um, more than this two decades. This is that they have to leave after two weeks. That's exactly mm. true. And uh, you know, it's, it's actually, uh, it has prevented many migrant domestic workers from coming out and you know, uh, a complain. Because they, you know, it's the way we think is like, if we complain, we lose our job. If we lose our job, we have to pay our bills. And that's, that's a big problem. Well, it is indeed a big problem. Eamon Villanueva, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we'll be back after the break. Welcome back. The government predicts that Hong Kong will be coping with 100 million tourists by the year 2023. Even now, our hotel rooms can't always cope with the influx. Many visitors turn to guest houses, some licensed, some unlicensed. But that isn't without its dangers to both tourists and other residents in the same building. During the Lunar New Year holidays, as with other festivals, hotel rooms in Hong Kong tend to be in short supply. Add that to the tight budgets of many travellers, and guest houses and lodges are a cheaper, more varied and popular option. However, the fire at Continental Building in North Point last month has reawakened long-standing concerns about the safety of guest houses and their impact on existing residents. The problem is perhaps further complicated by the existence of unlicensed guest houses. It's suspected 
that there are a number of such guest houses in the building. Fire services are suspicious that this particular fire was caused by arson. The fire began outside a licensed guest house on the third floor and quickly flared up, injuring many travellers who were staying in the building. The fire also drew attention to a policy that essentially grants guest house operators a license as long as they meet fire and building safety regulations. In issuing licenses, the government doesn't consider the deed of mutual covenant, the agreement between owners governing the use of properties in the building. According to the deed of mutual covenant of Continental Building, no guest houses should have been allowed on the second floor or above, but licensed ones were operating on the higher floors. <laughs> When one unit starts to uh, doing something different than uh, being used as a residential premises, and if the, um, the owners in corporation does not do anything about it and let it be, then after a while uh, it will be, become difficult to enforce the rights against such units. There are many unlicensed guest houses in places like Mirador Mansion and Chongqing Mansion in Chimsa Choi. Guan Ling has been trying to tackle the illegal guest houses in the district. Cost is one issue, but some owners also say the long application process puts them off. Miss Hoy says she applied three years ago and is still waiting. Because officials say that her guest house isn't up to standard, she still can't get a license. For the time being, she says, she is leasing her rooms on a monthly basis. Uh 
。但係幾個官嚟睇咧，大家講嘅嘢要求嘅都係唔相同嘅，咁我哋點樣適應咧？ The hazards brought by unlicensed guest houses remain to be tackled. Over the years, there have been fires in guest houses, as in these two buildings in Mong Kok. In some cases, unlicensed guest houses were involved, putting the lives of travellers at risk. The Office of the Licensing Authority, or OLA, says the number of inspections and convictions has risen. However, they say the difficulty lies in gathering evidence. 現行嗰個舉證要求係好高嘅，即係根據我哋呢個條例一啲環境嘅證供咧，我哋都唔能夠係足以入罪嘅。就算我哋真係攞曬呢間旅館嘅啲譬如嗰啲數簿啊、嗰啲廣告啊、啲價目表啊等等咧，都入唔到罪。一定可能係要咧係有現金交收啦，即場咁先可以即係捉到佢先得嘅。Some guest houses put up monthly leasing signs to evade prosecution under the law. Rooms leased for fewer than 28 days have to obtain a license from the OLA. But if they claim they rent monthly, no licenses are required, and they're out of the office's control. 旧年嘅七月到到今年一月六号咧，一共系诶检控咗四廿四宗，其中得三宗咧先至系一万蚊同两万蚊。咁啊，剩翻嗰啲咧，大部分两千蚊同三千蚊。如果咁嘅判罰咧，即係你叫啲業主咧，不如攞個單位出嚟搞無牌賓館。我哋成日同佢講喂，你唔夠人嘅時間咧，我哋建議你係揾警察去掃場，清誒即係巡查。咁就算我唔告你啊，你都驚啦。呢、這個政府冇做啊嘛，係嘛？咁咪焗住喂，咁好好賺喎，又可以走下灰色地帶啊，咁樣咪多人做啦。Although the issue has been of concern for a long time, it was only last month that the government said it would review the law. The Secretary for Home Affairs, Jung Duk Singh, blogged that environmental evidence will be considered as proof for prosecution. 我哋咧係即將有一個嘅誒比較新嘅安排咧，就係我哋當接獲呢個旅館牌照申請嘅時候咧，或者係誒續期申請嘅時候咧，我哋係誒。牌照處咧係會主動咁樣係盡量去通知大廈嘅法團啦、居民組織啦同埋物管公司嘅。啊，呢個就係個問題嘅關鍵咯，因為而家你只係知會佢啫嘛。咁而家我哋要求嘅咧，啲居民嘅要求就係你諮詢佢啊。民政署早前已經着手檢討旅館業條例同埋發牌程序，主要從兩個方向：一係讓牌照處能夠更有效執法。打擊同埋取替冇牌旅館，二係考慮收緊發牌，以求盡量減低對大廈其他住客造成嘅滋擾或者影響。預計喺本年年中展開諮詢工作。But lines are likely to remain blurred. The growing demand for such low-cost accommodation fuels the market. And over the past few years, other forms of accommodation have come on the scene via peer-to-peer -peer booking websites like Airbnb and Wimdu. These feature spare rooms or apartments leased by tenants or homeowners, often while they're away from home themselves. For the regulators, say critics, it seems to be a constant game of catch-up.
On the one hand, of course, we have a very uh, stringent licensing system. But at the same time, because of the lack of uh, low quality, low grade, uh, low cost accommodation uh, premises, I would have thought the government is actually dragging a, fit, a little bit, dragging its feet uh, in terms of uh, controlling a licensed premises, in terms of uh, targeting these licensed premises or hotel uh, uh, guest houses um, to sort of uh, meet the demand. And I'm afraid that's all we have time for for today. Don't forget that if you've missed part of the show, want to see more or even see it again, you can always go to the Pulse page on the RTHK website. And for the really keen, there are podcasts to watch at any time of the day or night. Also, if you want to chat to us or tell us what you think, go to our Facebook page, RTHK's The Pulse. We'll see you at the same time next week. Until then, goodbye.